Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game. A-man, no blame. From the track when we unite and spit, this is an A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick. It's the click, so I hope you watch your A game. A mate, no rain from the track when we unite. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're, we're, dude, we are having, dude, we are having a night. We are having a night. So hey, now it's uh, the Mike and JD show. And I am your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD. By God, Oliva, man, this almost didn't happen, brother. I I texted you today. I'm like, hey man, let's go early tonight. I got to leave in the morning. Got a tournament in Iowa. A little bit of a drive. Let's just let's go early today. Let's do that. And then my kid wouldn't fall asleep. Finally did. Your computer shit the bed, and you had to reinstall Chrome <laughs> like minutes yeah. before the show. And it's like, God, we should just do the normal time. Ugh. Yeah, you and and I was also like. um I, my, my wife had an issue that she had to take care of so that I was getting the kid dinner. I was doing all this. Mm -hmm. And then Same. finally I did the, I did the handoff like five minutes before we we're supposed to go live. I run upstairs. I put a different shirt on cause I didn't want to wear like my work shirt. I had like a tan kind of like an under armor type shirt that I, that I wear underneath my, uh, my OCP top, my camo top. So I was, I was like, Oh shit, let me go change my shirt. Let me grab a Coke Z. And then uh, I, I go to, to hop onto Chrome and it's, not working it just said you don't have permission to access this application i'm like it's my computer it's my application why don't i have access so i restarted the computer and i tried it again and it still wouldn't give me access so i had to uninstall it download it reinstall it thankfully my favorites and everything were still good to go i was still logged into Streamyard, so i didn't have to have you send me a link dude i i honestly thought that like i was because i was contacting you through twitter I was mm -hmm. like, dude, you might just have to send me the link, and I'm gonna do it through my phone tonight. I was like, I, I thought, I thought about that too. I thought about yeah. that too because like it worked, it worked well when when Muse was on a couple weeks ago. So I'm like, well, maybe we do that if we have to. It's funny you talk about changing out of your work clothes. Uh, I haven't. This is what <laughs> I wear to work. I'm yeah, a terrible, terrible teacher. Oh god. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, you're kind of like the 
the cool teacher like you don't teach like history or government or you know you, you teach like cool shit like video production my video production teacher was cool as hell when i was a kid i didn't have video production when i was a kid so i'm like free one on this you know is it bad that half the kids call me jd yeah that that is a little weird to me because yeah. um like i won't let any of my airmen call me mike it's not happening so here's the thing i've been jd i don't no one's ever called me by my last name right like people you're up by say hey gilbert right nobody's yeah. ever called me oliva ever it's jd right and like when i started coaching because i started at the high school i went to those kids all just knew me as jd right because i would yeah. come in the room and they knew who i was and that just kind of continued and then when i when i'm at now at decalb all i coach with three brothers right so they all have the same last name so they all go by their first name and i've always gone by my first name so I coached there for six years before I became a teacher. So the first day of class, I sit in six kids walking and go, JD, what are you doing here as a teacher? So <laughs> it's not everybody. My younger classes don't, but the older kids, it's like, or the wrestlers are all like, Hey, JD. And I yeah. walk in the hallway and I saw the, the principal and she goes, Hey, JD, what's going on? And I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm, I gotta, it's just me. I gotta be the only That's teacher here that they do that with. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's that's the vibe. You got a, a personable um, vibe to you there. The kids love you. So I, I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The semester's not over yet. We'll see if they yeah. love me or not. Well, welcome back to the Mike and JD show, everybody. We were we were kind of off last week. We still ended up doing a show. We just weren't live here on Thursday night like typical. Yeah. Oh, dude, we, we were cranking out the content. Um, yeah. I'm a little behind on the daily news thing. My job is picked up this week. So I'm hoping, hoping I get a little bit of downtime next week, but, um, but yeah, no, we've been cranking out the content. I want to thank everybody for being here on the voices of wrestling radio network. I really appreciate you being here. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button and give us a big thumbs up and then share the show. Tell your friends about it. You know, uh, this year we didn't come into voices of wrestling until August. And because of that, we were not a part of anybody's Spotify wrapped uh, end of the year thing. And I'm a little jealous. Like, you know, Hawkins is on some wrapped and uh, the the AEW show, the good, the bad, and the hungry got some love. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast. But no Mike and JD. You know, we came in a little bit late. Only been on the network three months. So next year, that's the goal. I want to see us in Spotify rep next year. Well, we're, we have become content machines. I'm going to say something for being on Voices. Uh, I did a JD Oliva project this weekend, you know, because I kind of do that when I get when I feel struck by inspiration. And you said, let's unlock it for regular people on YouTube. And I'm like, I, we really have to do that. Like, is that is that necessary? Is that a thing? You're like, I think we should do it. I said, all right, cool. So we did it. And it kind of blew up. Yeah. Like, I got, I got our old boss contacted me and said, hey, you got some people that are listening to this. And yeah. like, I surprise myself so i mean like yeah. and that doesn't happen that doesn't happen without voices and i told rich this mm -hmm. i i messaged rich i say man thanks for letting mike and i on here it was a really good decision for us um i feel like we're we're in a much better spot to the point where you know i think we're uh we're getting heard by people and it's um it's damn cool we couldn't i don't think that happens without being part of voices so i'm really mm -hmm. happy here yeah well you know what and like um people from the major companies listen and follow voices of wrestling. Right. And that kind of trickles down to us ancillary shows. So the flagship, obviously the top dogs, uh -huh. Rich and Joe, they're the best. 
Um, and it, it trickles down to, to us, you know, I don't know if it's just that we just get left in people's feed and people just accidentally listen or, or but with this, with the video that you posted, that was on our personal YouTube uh, channel. So like high ranking people intentionally listened to that and thought that you had some good things to say. And, and, uh, and that, you're right. That doesn't happen if voices didn't support our personal YouTube channel and uh, tweet it out for us. And that got it onto some people's radar, and they they really liked what you had to say about leadership. And we won't get into it. Just everybody go to the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel. It's up right now. It's like our top video from the last week. So uh, go ahead and go ahead and check that out. Um, but the reason why you did the video is we got to talk about it. I you know the last thing I ever wanted to do again was to start our show off with more CM Punk, but we got to talk about CM Punk, man. He returned to the WWE over the weekend. He's going to be a, you know sucking that Saudi blood covered. Uh, whatever <laughs> he's, he's back in the fold. Uh, great, great appearance. And, uh, in Chicago, a survivor series blew the roof off the joint. And then he comes on Monday night raw at the very end of the show, five minute promo and tanks. <laughs> Didn't say a goddamn thing worth no. anything. There's nothing no. you want more than CM Punk with the dude. He had like the dead doll eyes out there. Like yeah. I've never seen a less passionate CM Punk in my life. Like you could just tell he's like, I'm home. It looked like a hostage video, right? <laughs> like he was like, yes, I love what I'm doing here in WWE. It's creepy. Like yeah. I, I remember what I, I watched it. I'm like, I got to watch this. I got to watch this. So I watched part of Raw because we had kids practice. And I got home. I'm watching. I'm like, God, this show sucks. I hate everything about it. And we get to the CM Punk promo. And I'm like, all right. Because again, I was at the first dance. One of my favorite wrestling fan experiences ever. Or the last dance. First dance. First dance. And first dance, uh, first dance yeah. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you can't even compare the two. And uh, no. I think it was Muse. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, he's supposed to be dead to the world. <laughs> he's supposed to be a hypocrite. And I'm like, well, he's doing the job quite well at the moment let's yeah. just say that so here you know if he's working at angle uh, he didn't really do anything to get me interested in it no uh, there just seemed to be no energy no passion uh, the the most and in, most interesting thing he said was what he said off mic was you know I, i'm not here to make friends i'm here to make money and i actually believe that's pretty true um and i, and I think that's okay like he's at the point now where he's 45 years old yeah go for it go for the money um but here's my problem with the promo a it was flat b it didn't seem like he was all that into it i kind of you know there's been some reports out that maybe his time got like you know who, he's a pro he's one of the better promos that we've had the last 20 years so oh, i'm not yeah. going to give him any excuses that his time was cut so i'm not going to give that to him the only thing i can think of is that he probably wanted to go in a certain direction um, meaning probably maybe trash in his old boss. And then he thought better of it. Cause he's like, okay, I got NDAs. I want to move past it. So when he went out there, he didn't really have much to say and there's no angles for him yet. Although it seems like Seth Rollins is building up something for him. So I was like, look, if you're going to come out there and do a promo, let's just get to the Rollins stuff. Like, you know, talk about guys being babies about him being back. He kind of touched on that, but it just felt like flat to me. Can I give you my, you're a conspiracy guy. Can I give you oh yes, dude. Theory? Yeah, let's do it. Hunter told Hunter made him eat shit in front of the camera, in front of a million people, two million people. You're gonna if go so, back respect there. You're if gonna so, say, yeah, that you love this place, that you're home, that this is where you belong. You're gonna put over Haman. You're gonna put over Roman. You're gonna put over. I mean, like, I it felt like that to me. It felt like. Yeah. 
he was this is like well you're back now so this is what you're gonna say and if you don't like it you can uh go because that's kind of where yeah. he's at he don't have other options anymore i mean like let's no. be honest he does have one other option but he wasn't interested in taking it yeah yeah so you know i i think you made the point i made the point i know rich and joe already made the point so i don't want to belabor the point mm-hmm. but um you know if he acts up here no harm, no foul. They'll shit can him. No, no big deal. Like they're in such a powerful position right now that like none of his shenanigans are going to fly. So I absolutely could see that. And I know transferring heat. Thank you for joining us out here live. Hunter wasn't there. Hunter was not there, but oh. Hunter has a cell phone. Bruce Pitcher, Bruce Pritchard was there and he was uh, mm-hmm. on his marching orders. I guarantee Hunter had his hands all over that show. That show's not getting done without the boss. Um, and uh, Joe, Joe in the chat, Joe's been telling me this, um, he's been texting me. He follows this guy on Reddit named Kermit the Frog or something like that. Joe, you can correct me, but uh, this guy has been pretty accurate in the past, saying that uh, Rollins and Punk is happening at Rumble, which I originally thought that it would be happening at WrestleMania. I'm like, that's the Mania match. That's the main event. Well, but then Sap comes out with a report today, um, which I think my friend Ryan Frederick told me about before. Then Sap comes out with a report that wait, well, I probably wasn't supposed to say our friend. My bad, Ryan. <laughs> Right, Ryan knew this, but right, fuck it. Ryan knew this ahead of time. He just told us privately. So, uh, before Sap said it, so um, Sap comes out of the report that WWE is interested in making Austin versus Punk at Mania. So, I think that could be something that you know he's willing to sink his teeth into and and gets him going. Um, but it seems like right now he's just kind of just he's just there to get up, to be there. You know what I mean? Like, there's no passion. None. Um, he doesn't. He seems like a guy who uh, already has been one promo, but he seems like a guy who's just there, right? Who knows that this is what I have to do and this is what I'm going to do and I need the money. So here we go. Right. And if it's him in Austin at Mania, that that's, that's kind of cool. But can I be honest with you? Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. I saw, I saw the Joe match was fine. Post foot surgery, he hasn't been good. <clears throat> no, well, look, yeah, I, I thought I thought he had a pretty decent match with Starks. I like the Joe match at all. All right, in. Um, all right. But look, with with Stone Cold Steve Austin, like it's anyway, just going to yeah. be them punching and kicking, and they're going to brawl over the arena. the The money is in the entrances. The money is in the stare down, and then you're going to get and then you're going to get 15 minutes of shenanigans and big pops and the crowd's going to eat it up. They're going to go ape shit. And, uh, and I, you know, people are saying, Oh, well, you know, C- CM Punk uh, can't lose. So there's no way they can do the Austin match there. Austin can lose. He's almost 60 years old. I don't think you'd give a shit, pay him the money and he'll probably lose. Who cares? But punk, it punk's not going to turn down doing jobs either. Cause where he's going to go He's going to go to IPWF. That's what TNA is doing tonight. They're in front of 150 fucking fans. You guys wonder why PM Punk didn't sign up with TNA, right? Like he's he's gonna be there until he gets shit canned. Let's be honest. If the Austin Punk match happens at Mania, by the time we get there, the shine of the new CM Punk is gonna be off, right? It's November. That's coming in April, March, late April, yeah. something like that. So by that point, he's part of the show, right? He's in. Yeah. So by this point, and he's a heel. Like it's gonna be. He's gonna be a heel. So why can't Punk do a job? Why wouldn't Punk? You think Steve Austin's yeah. coming in to lose? Come I, on. you know what i I think Steve Austin would be okay with losing to Punk. I, I think I think that he, I think he would. Not gonna happen. I, I, Steve but Austin. I could see Punk losing. 
Punk's gonna eat a stunner. Hey, Punk's gonna yeah. eat two stunners, and they're gonna be. They're, Punk's gonna have. They're, Austin's gonna have a beer bash, and that's gonna yeah. be thing because that's what you want to see. People are gonna want to see Punk lose by that point. They're gonna hate him. Yeah. This this yeah. audience is gonna turn on him in three weeks. It's gonna happen. It's totally gonna happen. And it's gonna be. Uh, it should happen ten years ago. That's my only. That's my only qualm with this. If this happens ten years ago, this is so much better. Yeah, Austin wasn't coming back ten years ago, but no. he came back two years ago against Kevin Owens. And I gotta admit, I've. I fucking love that. <laughs> I thought it was awesome, but you know, like I, I was like in my teenage years when Austin started his run, my very first ever wrestling show live was WWE raw 1998 when, um, Steve Austin confronted Mike Tyson in Fresno the night after Royal rumble. Right. So like, I am a child of the Steve Austin era. So I, I think I, I, I love the fact that, that this rumor is out here and that he might be coming back. And I love, I loved the, uh, I love the Kevin Owens thing, and uh, I would love the CM Punk thing. Dude, I'm going to call this. Transferring Heat, he says, in one promo, he was never going to crap on AEW and WWE. I'll judge when Punk gets in a few with someone. Dude, we're talking about CM fucking Punk here. The greatest yeah. promo of this generation. This guy doesn't have bad promos. I just saw him cut good promos on basically anything he wanted to a handful of months ago. Right? Don't know. I don't want to hear that. Well, you know, he doesn't have anything to sink his teeth into. Watch him at eight. Watch him not mention WWE at the United Center, right? The first time. Didn't have a program yeah. then. Didn't have anything. Yeah. Just said, I'm coming back to wrestling with heart yep. and emotion and fire and passion. And none of that was in there. But because it's WWE and everybody loves WWE, everyone's going to give it a pass because we can't shit on WWE anymore because, you know, God forbid we, we shit on Triple <clears throat> H and his greatness. Fucking tweeting about yeah. Kissinger, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah well no we can shit on wwe and we have done that on the do. show for a we long do. time but re more recently i think we've been more brutal to aew than we've been to wwe AEW um, it. yeah yeah well and because i think we watch that program more so i don't think the wwe gets yeah. more of our ire um and i i don't well, think this is a wwe problem i think that that this is just cm punk problem like they hired the guy he came out and he did not deliver the goods you know right uh, Rand Randy Orton came on earlier that night and his promo was just fine. Like he, Randy Orton he, 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 it was a Randy Orton promo. It was just as good as any other Randy Orton promo. Mm -hmm. uh, CM Punk came out just flat and I, it was more of a general consensus, right? Because I, I would think that um, like you and I, I think we look for the good in him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So Dude, I, you think, and I, I think we were you willing and I to were, love uh, this promo. Yeah. You and I, sorry about that. You and I were far more forgiving to Punk than anyone on this network when the whole yeah. thing was going down, right? For the last, in our old network too, we were far more forgiving to Punk than anybody else. So I think you and I are both on the chance, willing to say, well, let's play it out. Let's do that. Let's, you know, let's see what happens. That was a shitty promo. I don't care if he didn't have anything yeah. to sink his teeth into. He's in a WWE for the first time in 10 years. WWE internally was calling it hell freezes over. There were no smiles. There were no jokes. There were no anything JD. to make us feel like he cared about being there michael dude they kept calling him the controversial and the polarizing cm punk he said nothing controversial nor polarizing in the promo he said nothing in the promo other than a half-ass half-hearted i'm home now if him being half-ass and half-hearted is part of the gimmick to where he's like playing it up to where he doesn't really want to be there he's just there to be be all about the money I don't think he was over the top enough, right? I agree. Like it was too, it was too subtle to where the audience isn't going to catch up on that because 
like you know we're we're kind of we're 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 pretty good at this right um uh, understanding what's going on with promos i just felt like like this guy even if he was coming in to be a heel even if he was saying i'm here about the money he waited until the promo was over to say that so um, if they were going, su- if they were doing it and they wanted to be subtle and that's what they were going for, they did it. It just wasn't effective. Here's the problem. If you're going for that kind of level of subtlety, sell over, sell it to me, yeah. overdo it. Be like, I'm so happy to be home and over exaggerate your smile. Right. Yeah. Then sell it to me. They're being pandering. Right. What you sold to me was you don't, not that you're like going to be a heel here. You sold me that you don't fucking care. That's what you told me with that. That's what that program told me. I don't care. I'm just here. Right. And if that's that, and I'm sorry, if that is the character, that isn't a great compelling character. A guy who's just no. there for a paycheck. Like, I'm sorry. That's, that's a terrible foundation for a character. John Muse says he's going to be the guy who's returned to the world. That is not the same. And he'll hate the world. That's CM Punk in life. Yeah, like that's yeah. just Bill Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so this guy, RV, makes a... Uh, I wonder if he's related to RVD. Uh, the Punk promo is just a shorter, phonier version of his first dance promo. He don't need, nor should I have mentioned AEW. Uh, but just say something interesting. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. He didn't, He didn't. doesn't need to mention... I Honestly, I was of the opinion he should not mention AEW. Ditto. Because I don't think they should. he should give them any breath, right? Like, yeah. just move, move on. Don't talk about it. But I don't think he said anything interesting about what he's going to be doing here. I, no. just, I just didn't get it. No, and we're not saying he should have mentioned AEW. I don't think he can legally, yeah. to be honest with you. But no, I yeah. want to tell me that you're happy to be here. Like, sell me on this. Can you? He should just sell me. Can you believe I'm here for the first time after ten years? Because you had the crowd that day, right? Yeah, you had them that day, and now even if it's the long term story. The story that everyone comes out was, again, we talk about perception. I did my solo show on the perception of what it's like for Punk being back in in WWE to AEW and how that's bad. The perception now is, this is the perception. I don't give a fuck what the angle is. The perception is that Punk is just there to get a paycheck. Yeah. And he doesn't care. That is the consensus, right? The consensus is he doesn't care. And now you're fighting that narrative. So great job, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh and then uh, of course joe says he was just nervous having a cutting a promo with fans facing him yeah the wwe does have fans on the hard cam side unfortunately <laughs> cm punk didn't get a lot of that before he left but he, and he got, all in they he did got plenty, <laughs> he got plenty of it when he first came into ew yeah, yeah none of that none of those things is cm punk's fault quite frankly or some of no them no no well speaking of returning to wwe um man earlier this week ibu of russell puris our buddy a friend of the show uh said that he thinks that sasha banks may you know know, i emphasize the word may right he's not reporting that she's doing this but he's he's saying that sasha banks may return to wwe we have a friend that is kind of in the know and he agrees uh he agrees with that um that's kind of odd to me considering she showed up at all in this year in a walking boot. And it seemed like she was, you know, Mercedes Monet was AEW bound, but is it possible that Tony brought her on, you know, did the whole thing, showed her on camera, introduced her in front of his audience and then never had any paper on her. She had a new Japan contract. So possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She bought a new Japan deal. 
Right. Yeah, but much like Will Ospreay, he, they probably could have worked something out there, right? They probably, but they did. I imagine that's what yeah. happened. They did work something out to get her there, right? But yeah. I mean, like, if he didn't have some type of now, here's what I'm up in mind of. Uh, let's let's look at Osprey, right? We talk about all. Let's look at Osprey. A couple weeks ago, uh, oh, a couple months ago, actually, Osprey. It came out that Osprey had hired. Uh, well, God, who's the who's his Barry name? Barry Bloom. Barry Bloom. Thank you. I think it was yeah. something with alliteration. So yeah, Osprey hired Barry Bloom as his agent, right? And then it comes out he's willing to go to WWE. He goes into a ring. I love TNA, right? And all of a sudden, people are like, oh my God, Will Osprey is putting together his retirement tour. He's doing all this stuff to check off all the bucket list stuff so he can go to WWE and make a lot of money. He says, I'm willing to go to the US. I'd be more than willing to go over there. He's tweeting at Seth Rollins. And then what happens? Signs a big deal with AEW and says, oh, yeah, this is where I wanted to go the whole time. So what did he do? <laughs> yeah. What did he do? He yeah. created he created a market for himself. He increased yeah. his demand by saying, yeah, I could go there. And it caused Tony to scramble the same way. W. By the way, the punk deal pretty much happened because they didn't get Osprey and they're pissed. Is yeah. the story. It's kind of the story we got. So this is on her part. Because her new Japan deal is coming up, is really smart to say, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I will go back to WWE. Because now Tony's going to go, what's it going to take? You need an extra zero. And then Hunter's like, oh no, come back home. We will also give zeros. You know, this is smart negotiating on her part. Is it possible she's going back to WWE? 100%. Is it possible she's going back to AEW? Yeah, absolutely. She's a free agent to the, to the, to the winner go the spoils. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I could have, you know, she had a, a, um, a deal with new Japan to where she could work, you know, just about anywhere. I don't think that that was an exclusive deal. Um, and she showed up on AEW and I, I think I, I was just having her on the show. I would have thought that maybe he had some type of written agreement from her, maybe from new Japan that he would get some dates on her at least, Right. Maybe not like a full time exclusive contract, but, you know, considering there's that relationship there, I don't think she was ever exclusive with New Japan. I don't think she would have signed an exclusive deal with uh, New Japan or stardom. Right. So I was thinking that maybe he had some type of paper on her, but it appears that there was nothing there. He's kind of showed her on there, hoping that he would get the signer. Um, I disagree with Toby saying here. He says a Mercedes of activity never says put an AW ring. Tony's going to look real bad. It's been leaked for months that she would eventually work with AW ever since all in. Um, she has a deal with New Japan with Bushi Road, Stardom New Japan, right? And like she, he was going to use her. She broke her ankle really bad and had ankle surgery, yeah. right? So that's the thing. And that's why she was up in the crowd because she was in the boot. Tony didn't want to put her on camera with the boot. And honestly, I'm going to give you another take. If since he hasn't put her on screen since, I think that's the best move, right? Everyone's there going, oh man, he should have showed her, should have showed her with the boot. Why? Like now you can just say she was never here. She was just a guest. She just came to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, it, it did make it seem like she was AEW bound for her to show up. It did probably a little bit, probably, probably a little bit of egg on Tony's face that he was, that she was on his pay-per-view, the biggest show he ever had and never, never came in. But I think people will quickly forget. I don't yeah. think it's anything that's going to be too lingering. It is probably a little bit embarrassing that he wasn't able to lock that in. Um, and she's the biggest female star that would be available for him. She and is. he was not able to, he was not able to get that done. Um, it hindsight is always 2020. He probably thought that she wouldn't go back to WWE. He probably thought that he could get her 
and he just wasn't able to get her. So he felt confident that he wouldn't get any embarrassment just to show her on the TV and the no harm, no foul. I, but I don't, I don't think this is going to be like a huge negative impact. I don't, on Aiden. I don't see the egg. She was on a pay-per-view. She showed up in the crowd. She's never been mentioned on dynamite. They've never hinted at her coming in since that. Like there's never been anything. This is all nerd internet talk that we do. There's no egg on his, like, believe me, nobody was harder on Tony Khan last week than me. Right. This isn't, she doesn't want to go there. She doesn't want to go there. She went there as a new Japan employee, right? Could don't they have you think you, sure, you don't, you don't think that hurt. JD, you don't think that Tony what? Khan in hindsight would rather her not have ever been on his TV considering he wasn't able she, to get the deal done. Cause you know, he's a, got an ego, right? He probably, he probably oh, felt pretty I'm, confident he was getting that deal done. Does right? it hurt his ego? Sure. Everything yeah. hurts his ego. Okay. He's, a, he's yeah. remarkable. But he's a remarkably thin skinned individual. I'm talking yeah. about like, are people, are people going to be like, you couldn't get Mercedes and it's going to lead to a downturn. No, it can't get no. worse than it is. <laughs> like <laughs> no. they're already, it, the well, no, it, dude, I'm, I'm currently watching TNA. It can get worse. Trust me. Like, <laughs> Hey, that, like, you do that to yourself. <laughs> That's yeah. your choice to watch yeah. this IPFW. <laughs> I stuff. I yeah, IPWF is gonna be tough to get through. But can we talk about this for a second? Because this what? this makes me this IPWF thing and QT Marshall specifically. Because like when I was talking to yeah. this, we have a we have a group today with Josiah uh, McDonald of the Wrestling Observer. He's the TN. He's the TN. I guess call him TNA reviewer now. Um, yeah. And we're talking about stories, right? And the big news out of one of the big news out of AWS because T is a there's so many initials. I'm losing strut. I'm losing track. <laughs> yeah. QT Marshall is leaving yeah. AEW, right? The he story resigned. coming. Yeah. He resigned, leaving AEW. The story coming out was initially like, you know, he had lost power backstage, right? He's not in the mm-hmm. click of Pat of the immortal Pat Buck and, uh, you know, the genius Jimmy Jacobs. I can't even say those things with the straight faces, that collection of geeks they have back there. <laughs> Um, I, there's, there's two, I don't think I hate two more people in wrestling than those two. I really don't. I really, honestly, God, from the bottom of my soul, can't stand either of them. Anyways, the story was that QT's leaving power. And we had heard that, you know, like a lot of the wrestlers are super disappointed about this because QT had a big part in training some of the younger talent. This officially means nightmare factory is not affiliated with AEW anymore. Super big bummer. And then it comes out that QT thinks that one, he wants to be a wrestler, right? The, the word star gets thrown around because that's kind of interchangeable with wrestler right now. I think then they say yeah. he wants to be a superstar. I think that means he just wants to be featured in the ring more, right? I don't think he thinks he's going to headline WrestleMania. I think he just wants to be more of a performer because he's not a bad wrestler, right? He just looks like QT Marshall, you know? And he's had <laughs> a, he's had some success in AAA because you can always run that American, that like super proud American gimmick in AAA and it's always going to get over always going to get heat in triple a always like you come out there with american flag they will boo the shit out of you so i get yeah i get what he thinks he wants more and then he said then it comes out he's like he doesn't agree with the direction of aew and everybody goes yeah 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 he goes they want to be like they're moving toward new japan and i think you need to <laughs> yeah. tell more stories and everybody went what 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 yeah you know i have to uh, i have to um pull up the, you you keep talking i'm gonna pull up the tweet from oh, andrew sure. rich from uh oh, from the voices of wrestling dude he was he, <laughs> he dude because like right now everything that they're other than the um the tournament that, that's currently going on right like that's clearly influenced by new japan but prior to that nothing that they were doing was anything like new japan in fact we wanted them to be more like new japan prior to that so i'll say this this week's dynamite was the best episode of dynamite in probably six seven months maybe more 
right? It was largely wrestling focused. They told the story of the show revolved around the C2 and it was really good. It was really good. They had a little bit of bullshit, the hacker shit, which we talk about later and the timeless Tony was stupid, but it was pretty minimal. It was pretty minimal. So it was good. However, this is company is nothing like new Japan. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, and then Andrew Rich right here from the Voices of Wrestling Network posted music a picture. Of the mat. Great yeah, podcast. music of the mat. Yes, great podcast. Uh, um, post a picture of uh, Tatsuya Naito with an X brace, <laughs> saying, shouting, "Hiromu!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's so good, good, so good. Got to so, got to give him a shout out. That was so clever. So QT was basically booking Rampage a while back. And his idea of he wants storytelling and wrestling. So what did he give us? QTV. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's and that's what he thinks wrestling should be. So my my good, you got one more guy who thinks like that out of that locker, out of that creative room. Great, phenomenal. Yeah. QTV was some of the worst trash I've seen in AEW, and I've seen all the Roderick Strong crap. The problem with the Roger Mar- QT Marshall, yeah, QT Marshall. I don't know. He did, he is not the Booker, but he talked he talked his way into being Hobbs's manager and tanked Hobbs's career for like a year, right? That Get, guy got like hot. literally, like legit, set him back about a year. Um, that that's how bad that was. And dude, and Hobbs was on his way to yep. being a top guy. The only thing that held him back was how badly QT Marshall sucked. Yeah. That whole thing, it was so bad that when collision happened, Punk said, no, you're not coming here with that crap. Yeah. And that was kind of it. And so here's the thing with CM Punk. CM Punk's sensibilities for pro wrestling are really good. Like, I feel like if I had a talk with CM Punk about wrestling, we would click like similar sensibilities. The problem is he's an asshole. (laughs) Like, that's the the problem with Punk because he's kind of unlikable as a person. So, I mean, like, this is what he wants. And this made me think about what impact is doing tonight with the ipw yeah. if you don't if you aren't an impact guy which let's be honest if you're listening to this show you're probably an impact fan that's a good chunk mm-hmm. of our fan base like but it's um it's where everybody puts away their their anger and hatred toward each other for two weeks and plays dress up and pretends it's a, a regional show from the 80s for reasons to masturbate each other on camera yeah and you know and what they're doing is they're essentially taking so they're doing it for two weeks they're basically telling their weekly audience that they don't want that they don't want you to watch their show for two weeks. Like they're just they're giving up. They're throwing in the towel. And I just I just don't understand that. And and look, and I know dude, it does have its audience, right? Some people do like it. I know the wrestlers have a fun time doing it. Okay? But it doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't generate anything. Nobody fucking cares, right? It's and I look at it and I saw some of the clips tonight. I'm going to watch it, right? Because I, I have an impact podcast. So I'm going to you know, stay true to my audience. Unfortunately, if you guys are looking for me to talk nicely about it, you're not going to get it there because <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm always going to be honest. Um, it, and it's just, it's them just kind of jerking off for two weeks and nobody, nobody ever cares. It never does a good number. They don't sell any tickets to it. It's, just, it's stupid. It is stupid. It's masturbatory. This is the problem with pro wrestlers is that so many of them are like at heart theater kids and they want to do yeah. sketch. This is when, when T when QT Marshall says, I want to do stories in wrestling. He's full of shit. He wants to do sketch comedy. 
Yeah. Everyone who was in wrestling nowadays w- wants to do Saturday Night Live bullshit. Like, would you want to watch? I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time. Would you want to watch any of those guys in wrestling matches? No. Right? Andy Kaufman did it as a gag in the 70s, in the early 80s. Right? Like, why the fuck do I want to watch comedians wrestle? The same token, why do I want to watch wrestlers do bad comedy? And that's the problem. That's the problem with this stuff is it's not funny. I remember watching the IPWF stuff for the show last year. and I'm like, this isn't funny. It's not. The vast majority of quote unquote comedy in wrestling is fucking terrible. It's not funny. It's guys acting stupid and immature and popping themselves. Right. And that's why, but I mean, you'll have a handful of people that run around this, that run around and go, Adam, Adam, while they're giving away tickets to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's over. Everybody's saying Adam's like, okay, well, there's nobody on the hard cam side. There used to be. There but Bogo Max ran them away. Right. And and just ran them off. <laughs> because bad, com- bad comedy doesn't sell. Jim Cornell said, funny doesn't draw money. And he's right. Now, I'm not saying you can't have comedy. I like Danhausen. Yeah. I think Dan Howard, the problem with Dan is, the thing with Dan is, he's actually funny and he's in the lower yeah. card. He's like below yeah, Dan, mid card. It's fine. Dan, Dan Housen, so there are exceptions to every rule. Dan Housen's an exception. Johnny Swinger is an exception. I think he's I like hilarious Johnny Swinger. still. Yeah, yeah. I like but Johnny other Swinger. than that, it's just everybody thinking that they're funny and their friends telling them they're funny, but it's not translating to television. And it's not. It's not funny. None of them are funny. Josh Alexander is a badass. He should not be acting like a fucking child. On some show where you're pretending, because again, all you're doing is you're completely undercutting the show. You're undercutting the narrative of your show the whole rest of the year so that you can jerk off with your opponents for two weeks. It's so stupid. It's so bad. And everyone does it. In WWE, you've got no choice. At least with Triple H, they pulled back on some of the bad comedy. Like you have to have Akira Tozawa doing it because God forbid an American wrestling promotion doesn't treat a Japanese man like an invalid child. Right. That goes against 40 years of American wrestling booking. We treat the Jap 60 years of wrestling booking. We have to treat adult Japanese men like they're children. So you have yeah. to have that. Right. We have to do that. God forbid we have a program that doesn't do that. I hate I hate the vast majority of comedy and wrestling. And instead, you don't want to tell a story. I'll say this to them blue in the face. A story is you have a protagonist. He has a goal. Something is standing in his way. When he reaches the goal, he is changed. That is the definition of a story. That's Robert McKee. And professional wrestling is the easiest place to do it. I wrote a nice thing about it for Voices over the summertime. They don't want to tell stories. They want to do sketches. They want to pop their friends and show how funny they are when they're just a bunch of fucking dorks. And QT Marshall, King Dork, QTV sucked. Yeah, QT Marshall remembers, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kurt Angle doing their comedy with Vince McMahon. Back in the day with, you know, Lord Steven Regal. Look, they actually could do it. You can't, bud. I'm sorry. You you no. might be able to work a little bit in the ring. He's a very good trainer of wrestlers, and people have said that. And people like to work with the guy. Is he? Um, the, is that's he what people say. Like, I, I don't know. I, mean, I watched the young talent in AEW, and I got to go, eh, oh, who's good? They're probably getting trained, but I don't think they're getting enough. They're not getting enough reps in. They're not because they're not applying themselves going around. Like he probably give him a good baseline, but uh, look, I'm like, I don't know the I don't know the difference. Right. And I don't know yeah. what he does and what he doesn't do, but it was like a hundred percent positive when he left from those people. That's so. And so I think that says a lot about him. Um, he's got such a good rep that one court Bauer MLW stated publicly that they want to bring him in a uh, QT Marshall 
has such a great reputation that Court Bauer wants to rip him off. I mean, sign him. <laughs> I'm sure. And oh my God, <laughs> he'll get to do whatever he wants with Court because Court has no standard. Like, well, I think I think they're they, they probably want him to be like the a talent relations guy and a wrestler. They want him doing both because that's what MSL does. MSL is like their top manager, and and I think he's booking and or he's not booking, but he's like creative talent relations. He's like doing everything there. He's probably booking. It's probably him and Core because back when MLW yeah. was just a podcast network, the, the network was him and MSL. So yeah, that's probably probably is booking there. Quite honestly, if QT Marshall goes there, he could be a top guy like tomorrow. Like yeah. in so many ways, like he would be a, he would be a boon to that company. I know it makes sense to think he's going to go to WWE probably as a, an agent coach, whatever you call him, role, a uh, producer role there waiting for him. But he wants to work. He wants to, he wants to have matches. I don't blame him. He's only like 36, 37. Like he's not old. Yeah. He just looks yeah. like he's 45. He could work a little bit. I don't think there's anything inter- interesting about him. Yeah. No, I, I I, he's just, he's probably not going to be a guy that ever really gets over. Um, but maybe, maybe he goes to MLW and maybe that changes. Maybe him and court just click and the court has gotten guys over MLW or, uh, AEW is riddled with talent from MLW that court helped kind of cultivate a little bit and got them and got them into AEW. And then now then they, you know, they springboarded to success, you know, um, you know, there's, there's lots of guys that came from MLW to, uh, to AEW and to so uh like swerve strickland right <laughs> that's where i first saw him was was there well and, and he was also in uh, lucha underground too kill shot baby he's always yeah. going to be kill shot but yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah court i'll say this for court he's got a good eye for talent i don't yeah. love his booking all the time but the guy knows talent when he sees it and so i'll, I'll always tip my cap to him on that uh business practices little something Little, yeah, little, little suspect, little, little suspect. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, I think QT Marshall, honest to God, if it a year from now comes, it would not surprise me to say, hey, remember the time the QT left AEW, the current MLW world champion? Like, honest to God, <laughs> that would not surprise me if that were at least the, what do they call the middle one, the open weight champion? Like, it would not surprise yeah. me if that were to happen. You know, if you're if you're QT, I, I would say like MLW and NWA seems like the perfect place. Now people have been making yeah. the jokes. I personally made the joke QTNA. I don't see him fitting in in TNA. I don't think he'd be very good get for them. Uh, and I, I think he would just be another Heath. Like what if? lower bottom of the lower bottom of the card. I don't I don't think he would work there. Uh, at least look, I'm I might just be because I have a TNA podcast. I don't want to fucking up my podcast. What? Let me throw this at you. What yeah. if? Because who's talent? Who's had a talent, right? Tommy Dreamer. Uh, no, it, the, I, don't, I don't think he's had. He's Tom? part of talent. Well, he, he's no, he's not. I think it was a. Uh, I don't know who it used to be. D'Lo Brown, but I think somebody replaced. But it's not Tommy Dreamer. Oh, that was Tommy. What if you traded Tommy? Well, for the purposes of my argument, what if you traded okay. Tommy Dreamer for QT Marshall? Would you take that? Deal. You got rid of Tommy Dreamer and him deal. in the business, and you replaced him with QT. Deal. Yeah. Deal. Deal. Yeah, I agree. Now, I don't I know what Q- I don't know. I don't know what QT brings backstage. I don't want Tommy on my TV anymore. Um, like he's like I get the feeling like people really like him. He's a very nice person, right? But the fact that he's holding a title in his fifties and man doesn't work out. You know what I mean? It's like and he can hardly move. It's getting to be embarrassing. And right Brother. now he's on final resolution. He's going to be on that show, the last show of Impact's history. Um, before they cross back over to TNA, and he's on there wrestling, defending a title. He was wearing a sh- medium shirt because I caught a little bit of the show. He was wearing a yeah. sh- medium shirt on the show tonight. It was looking a little rough, my man. Looking a little rough. 
Yeah, yeah. So, oh, somebody somebody posted the meme said if if uh if drink if uh Hangman Page drinking Swerve's blood was uh, the most offensive thing you've ever seen in wrestling, you have not watched Tommy Dreamer wrestle lately. And I damn near spit on my phone when I saw that. <laughs> it's 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 pretty tough. You know, like here here's the thing that and we didn't even have TNA on the on the topic for tonight. I w- was not planning on bashing them, but I'm frustrated with them, so we'll just run with it since you brought it up. Oh, yeah. Dude, hey guys, they, before we before we go, there is a question that, that parlays into it, Mike. Yeah. Austin Aries. I want Austin Aries back in W or TNA. What do you guys think? He he's another malcontent that doesn't yeah. draw money. <laughs> if he could draw money, bring him in, you know, and, and see if you can get him along with everybody. But they tried that again. Uh, he came in right away, won the won the Impact World Title, I think, in 2018, uh, and then like he he defeated Eli Drake in seconds, right? Won the won the title, and he kept it all the way into Bound for Glory, who? and then he, he and he against Johnny he Impact. No, who did he beat in he seconds? He beat Eli Drake. Eli Drake. Right. Eli Drake. Yes. Yeah. Jobber. Uh, a former Impact Jobber. Big time star yeah. of it of either. Yeah. <laughs> Do you couldn't, believe couldn't, that? Couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's been, he's been working that gimmick forever, man. Forever. But he, I, he came in and then in 2018, he's supposed to lose to Johnny Impact and he does it in the most piss poor fashion manageable. Tries to make it controversial. His contract expires and they just never brought the guy back. And he hasn't been able to get a job anywhere since, right? No. Like, and and All look, right. and I'm not even talking about his online behavior where he's just constantly doing whatever he can to go against the grain to rile people up and start fights with people. It's like the COVID stuff. It's like, okay, look, if you don't want the vaccine, that's fine. Don't take it, but don't get mad at other people because they want it, right? Like, you know, that, that stuff and, and vice versa, right? So like he was just completely antagonistic, completely harassing people online. And the guy's just doing it from the comfort of his Las Vegas apartment and he can't seem to get a job. He can't ride certain rides at the carnival. The guy's a loser. Fuck him. So, um, sorry. We made fun of court for a little bit. Court Bauer is not booking Austin Aries. So let, let just think about that for a minute. Yeah. Austin Aries yeah. is a good talent and he's not that very. Old. So, no. Nobody wants to book this guy. Think about that. Nobody. Yeah. And and he's not been canceled. Right? No. Like he's rude. He's rude, right? He's a like dick. but there there are anti-vaxxers all over wrestling and, and pro sports and everywhere. Like that's not that big of a deal anymore. Like he nobody just wants to work with the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he he's just a guy that that nobody nobody yeah NWA is not booking him but Billy Corgan doesn't want to book him. Billy Corgan's probably anti-vax. Who I mean like I, I don't know that for a fact. I just feel like it's true. Right. So like, but anyway, but I was like, Billy Cry thinks the rewrites your DNA or something like that. Yeah. Billy's a fucking madman. So knows what he thinks. Yeah. 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 Think about that. Transferring heat, uh, transferring heat makes a good point. Court booked Teddy Hart. Now this was before Teddy Hart was a part of a missing persons investigation, but he had done terrible stuff up until that point. That was very public. So Teddy Hart. He's got a rap yeah. sheet a mile fucking long. He was booking yeah. low key. Everybody hated low key, yeah. right? Low key couldn't find a job anywhere. And Court Bauer is the only guy to get anything out of low key in the last like 10 years, 15 yeah. years, maybe like court can, I mean, court does a really good job getting those kind of guys on board. Cannot get Austin Aries on board. Think about that. No. Yeah. Billy Corgan and, and, uh, and court power won't book you. You're done. So you're absolutely done. So, but Mike, you wanted to shit on TNA. So please. Continue. It's uh, yeah. So dude, they had so much momentum coming out of bound for glory. And then all yeah. the, all the promotional stuff that they did, everybody was super excited. 
AEW starts to take a little bit of a dip, right? And so people are like maybe looking forward to what's coming for TNA. They have lost all of that. Any momentum that they had had coming out of Bound for Glory is gone. And it's because they took so much time away, right, from producing regular television because they're overhauling their production stuff when they could have just spent the extra money to rent out some equipment while they're waiting for the new stuff to come in or whatever the problem is, or just use the stuff that they already had to continue producing regular television, continue to produce angles and stories, getting us ready for Hard to Kill. But right now, they've sold less than half of their tickets for Hard to Kill, and they ain't got that many on sale to begin with. And they're not moving. Those ticks ain't moving. And they, they offered seven figures to Osprey. He shot them down. They offered big money to CM Punk and he shot them down. So now they're 0-2 for these big name free agents. And there's nobody available right now that they could possibly get that's going to be able to move those tickets, right? And so th this bigger, better, uh, badder TNA that was coming, uh, I don't know what to make of it at this point. I'm hoping that it's great. I'm hoping that it's awesome because it helps me. It helps my podcast, right? Like I want that, but I want that for pro wrestling, man. I think, I think having them back in the fold and people being excited about them is good for pro wrestling. I, I like the fact that they offered seven figures to Will Ospreay. I like the fact that they offered big money to CM Punk and send signals to other free agents that, Hey, we're, we're players now, right? We're not just sitting on the sidelines. We're not just offering you your, your fucking day rate uh, and compounding that over a six month period. We're offering you big money. If you want to come over here, right? They're a small market baseball team that's ready to fucking play. But tonight they? they they but tonight they did IPWF in front of 150 people in a gym in Toronto, right? And they're doing that for two weeks, and they got no stories, they got no nothing. It's right now it's uh, you know it, it is a lame duck program with no angles and no heat heading into what's supposed to be this big rebuild, this big rebrand, and right now it's just flat. I think they announced it too soon, to be quite honest with you. I think they should have sat on I the announcement for a little while longer. Yeah. Here's the thing. is that Because I'm in the BFI chat, and I, I get to be the, the one guy who is not always on board with what TNA, like, who's not, doesn't love Impact TNA. So, I mean, I keep hearing for, for weeks now, oh, man, TNA's got this momentum. TNA's got this momentum. And I'm like, I'm looking at Hard to Kill. You've only, you're only set up for 1,100 seats, and you've sold less than 600. I keep hearing like, oh man, this ever this TNA momentum. People are excited about the return of TNA. They were selling tickets like in Chicago. They did well. Yeah, they didn't do as well as people are talking, but they did well when last time they were out here just a few weeks ago. They have less than yeah. six hundred tickets sold for their comeback tour. This is like, this is a failure. This is a complete and total. Like you can offer, I, hey, publicly, publicly, I'm going to offer CM Punk ten million dollars to come work for me. <laughs> yeah. It could happen, right? I mean, like, you could say right. that. But, I mean, like, and again, if if they were to sign there, here's the problem. If Will Ospreay and, let's say you got both, Will Ospreay and CM Punk, both for seven-figure contracts, how the fuck do you recuperate that? How do you make money back on your investment when, you run, <laughs> when, you're, when most of your venues sell hundreds of tickets? Well, I mean, I, I think the hope would be that if they – so Osprey doesn't sell a ton of tickets, right? So Osprey's not a draw in this country yet. He yeah. might, he might after an AEW run or after a WWE run, he might be a big – a big draw, but he, he just isn't there yet. But CM Punk, you could probably run 2,500 seat venues and probably do pretty well with CM Punk on top. But make, AEW was struggling with, with CM Punk on top. They were struggling to do four and 5,000. So yeah, no, it's, it, it really is tough. They're on a, they're on a smaller channel. Um, but I, I do, I do the, the excitement that they had is gone, unfortunately. And I was really excited and I'm kind of bummed out. I'm like, I got to watch this shit you know, this IPWF stuff. And it's like, you guys have kind of tanked it now they could bring it back, but it's going to take, 
it's going to take a, a big signing. Look, Hammerstone's out there. That's not a big signing. That's not, not a ticket yet. moving signing, but that's a good signing. Um, Camille Brickhouse from NWA. That's not a ticket moving signing either, but that's a good signing, right? They got Leon Slater. I like him from the UK. He's a good kid. But right now, as far as big names, look, I mean, what are you guys going to do? Ziggler? Like, uh, that's not going to get anybody excited. Mustafa Ali, he's probably the hacker. Him or Sam McCallahan, more Jungle Boy. He's probably one of those groups. You know, that's probably he's probably the, the, the <laughs> damn JF devil. So the, the, then what are we looking at? What, Boogs? Right? Matt Riddle? You want to talk about people you can't hire? Matt Riddle might be one of those people. I don't know. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. it, it like the, the excitement, you know, that we once had is starting to fade a little bit as reality gets to set in that, you know, you're, you're, you're overhauling, overhauling the production, I think is a great thing, but I think they're going to have to work really hard to get people back interested in it because of the momentum that they lost. When we talked about this months ago, we talked about overhauling production. I, I came out this because this is my world, right? Video yeah. production. I want to know what that means, right? Yeah. Are you are you screening in in 4K now? Like, what does like? Are you tell me how you've upgraded your lighting package? I mean, this is a company that uh, when we were braced for impact, I used to get them every week because they couldn't white balance the cameras. Not only could they not white balance, <laughs> but they couldn't even get a matching white balance. Like every camera had a different color to it. And it used to drive me absolutely crazy. So I mean, like, did they need to upgrade their production? Absolutely. That being said, I mean, like, I don't know what that means. And again, if you have guys on your on your salary work making millions of dollars, and maybe you can run twenty five hundred seat venues, that's still not a great way to like. It's still not a great way to make money. And again, unfortunately, that's the history of this company. So if you're going to call it TNA, well, perfect. That's just the way things have always been. <laughs> when you had all these yeah. guys and you weren't ever selling tickets, like they were giving away seats forever in the Impact Zone, and they go on the road occasionally and get like you know six thousand people. And get nobody to buy your pay-per-views. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. I think this was a bad, I think this this production hiatus is a terrible idea. I don't understand why they didn't talk to Dave Marquez and, like, try to get some studio space and shoot something there for a couple weeks just to load up on shows. And not just be a vagabond show where you're just traveling around. Maybe the production looks good. Maybe it doesn't. And we'll fuck around with the IFWP or whatever the hell it's called. Like, it's just, what's there to get behind? I don't understand. I don't understand the copium of TNA. I'll be I'll be the first to admit it. As of right now, until Hard to Kill, there's no reason to watch. There, there, you there told is. Me a month ago. Yeah, yeah, because you said, "Hey, should I?" You were down on AEW. You're mm -hmm. like, "Hey, should I give TNA a shot?" I was like, "No, not until Hard to Kill, January 13th. Give it a shot, right?" And that's what I'm telling and everybody. I'm like, and I, will. And, and, I, and I think everybody should give them an honest shot. But right now, uh, until they start announcing some more matches and maybe some new signings, there's not really much to get excited about. So, but. Who's um, there to sign? Like we talk about new signings. Like, and again, I give them credit for going after Punk and Osprey. I don't think that either was possible. I really don't. Yeah. I said that weeks ago on this show. Who else is there? Like who? Like Mercedes? Okay, you're gonna throw another uh, not gonna get your offer. She's not gonna get her either. You have her no. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 not gonna get her. They'll, look, the only the only names that really come to mind besides besides Hammerstone and uh, Camille, who are becoming free agents, are the WWE castoffs that just got released. The the several of them, right? Because other than that, I mean, who, who are you gonna Goldberg? You're not gonna get Goldberg, and no. he wouldn't do anything anyway. No. So yeah, 
Like, yeah. he, like I hear, I hear AW fans. I wish you get Goldberg. Man, you should. What the fuck you want to get Goldberg for? Like, I don't understand. I don't. I just don't know. I just don't know who you sign. Like, I just don't know who. Like, again, I don't know. I think this is for everybody. I don't think there's any game changers available anywhere. No, anywhere. That and that, and that and that's and that's the problem. So, they're they're going to get a little bit of excitement. They're going to get a little bit of a bump. I think Hard to Kill does compared to what they normally do. Probably it'll do better. better. Mm-hmm. I think they'll do better. I think they'll get the initial somewhat better rating on access the first week, but they're going to have to work hard if they want to turn this thing around and it can't be, and it's not going to be one or two people. It's going to have to be, okay, production is slick. You know, we got good stories. We're having killer matches still. We, we got a new vision, a new direction, and we got a mission statement. Like here, here's what our goal is. Here's our champion. And here's our antagonist and our protagonist. And we're going to gather around this story and we're going to go from hard to kill to bound for glory. And we're going to get it, you know, we're just going to get after it. Right. Um, with, with, you know, different side stories along the way. Right. Um, so it's, it's just going to take them, it's going to take them a long time to, to really get, get that mojo back if they, if they really want it. But that's the thing though. And this is a company that I thought, especially in the second half of the year did do a good job. Like it, I quit on the show bef- behind the curtain before we ended BFI. Like, I was yeah. having a real hard time watching from like the late winter on. And like, oh, like I talk about it every week. I've talked all the time. The uh, uh, Taylor Wilde tarot really just destroyed me. But after that, after I left, like they started to build. They were doing a good job selling tickets. Yeah. The crowds were invested. People were into what was happening in Impact. And then they just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why you sit. I don't get why you sit there. You try to get people excited and you go, now we're not going to do anything. Yeah. Now we're going to take time off. We'll see. We'll see it. you next. We'll see you in the first quarter. It's, yeah. That 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 did, that boggles my mind. I I don't I don't get it. They could have ran tournaments. They could have done all kinds of stuff, right? You know. Um. But they just they just took I, I something that I'll never understand. It's just something I'll, that I'll never understand. Um. I I want to move off of TNA. Um. Please. I'm going to talk more about it. I already talked about free agent signings that they could bring in over the weekend. So go to patreon.com slash the Mike and GD show, check out brace for impact. Uh, I did a deep dive into uh, the, the free agents that are out there that they could possibly bring in like reasonable free agents. And I also did a deep dive on the aces and eights, which was kind of a fun thing to do. So, and then this weekend I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about uh, unsigned indie talent that are kind of no name, not no name, but like talent that are on the up up and coming talent that are on the indie scene that TNA should probably go after. So I'm going to talk about that. And then I'm going to talk about the main event mafia because they're not really running shows. And then I'll check out IPWF and, and give that a little bit of time too. Um, but hey, before we get going, um, I did, I did have, so MGF working with the torn labrum. Um, yeah. He is going to be wrestling Samoa Joe at world's end. He's probably losing. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on Bogo max. Do you <laughs> like, you have anything on his torn labrum? No. Um, no, I mean, I, I did. I talked about, I said before, like as a coach, we've had, I've had, I've dealt with six different kids who've torn their labrums. Um, I had one yeah. kid wrestle on it for two yeah. years. Yeah, you've had one. Yeah. Like I had one kid wrestle on it for two years. Yeah. I had one kid wrestle on it for two years, won the state title. You know, he just snapped his, he just would snap his shoulder back into place. He's a real tough kid. And I had kids who couldn't do anything after it happened. It always depends. It depends on the severity of the tear and what the individual yeah. can do. Like, I don't know. And apparently he's done this before. Right. Apparently yeah. he has rehabbed this before, before the jungle boy match in 2020, he tore it. So, and again, I've never met a kid. Now again, I would deal with kids. I never met a kid who tore his labrum, but didn't re-tear it later. 
Yeah, yeah. And especially uh, BOGO Max is probably on some scientific supplements, I would say. Probably getting a little extra help, um, and so which could also lead to some – it helps you in the healing process, but also gets you to more tears. So, um, That's what I was going right. to say. They're not great for ligaments. No. no um, let's go to bad tweets, dude. We're going to start the oh, bad tweets segment. We haven't done this in a while. No, JD, no, I, have, I, I have an all-timer. Ooh, this is one of the share. greatest bad tweets of all time. One like it, it's been it's been deleted, but your boy screenshotted it. <laughs> I got it ready to go. My man, let's get into it. Um, bad tweets. This is an all timer from Forbes. Forbes magazine. <laughs> Forbes Sports Money says <laughs> CM Punk did not return to WWE despite weeks of rumors that the polarizing star could return to the promotion in his hometown of Chicago. And sure enough, if you look on the bottom of the picture, Mr. Cheeseboard himself, dipshit McGee, Alfred Kanua, um, who has been kind of an antagonistic writer for Forbes magazine, the once successful, the once prominent Forbes magazine, hired this doofus. He pre-wrote his story before Survivor Series is over, they had the link ready to go and they timed the tweet out. They set the tweet out to go off automatically as soon as Survivor Series was over with the thought that CM Punk wasn't returning. He then had to go and rewrite the story, but Forbes magazine kept this tweet up for days. They finally deleted it today, but I had the screenshot. Bad tweets. This is an epic one. I Look, we're going to have more because I have more and I got to get through them because people send them to me. But I don't think this it's ever going to get any better than this. This is the greatest of all time. He's the least serious human being in all. In a, I'm hard on wrestling media, but there is no one worse than Alfred Kanea or whatever his last name. He's worse than uh, that Dangor dipshit we used to pick on. Like no one, no one is a less serious character than him. And this is just the coup de gras right here. Yeah. What a geek. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, who pre-writes a story of a sporting event before it happens? It reminds so someone tweeted out. I think it was Hawkins, lazy motherfucker. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Hawkins tweeted out a picture of uh, Harry Truman holding up a, a thing of a victory Dewey newspaper article for his Truman? opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dewey beats Truman. It's like, oh, you guys jumped the gun on that one, dummies. But uh, yeah, that that one that one is a is an absolute <laughs> all timer all timer. Let me uh, let me get to my bookmarks here. Make sure that I don't have anything crazy on my bookmarks. All right. Um, so this one is from a WWE real one. Um, so Fightful said Julia Hart names AJ Lee and Natalia as dream opponents. So real one um, says Natalia. Natalia is not stepping foot in my company. Uh, so we got tagged by IO saying bad tweets because that's not his company. What's <laughs> wild about uh, this guy? It's the wildest part of this guy is his name is WWE Real One, and he has a picture of John Cena, but he's like the hardcoreest AEW fan yeah. ever. It's like this dude's yeah. like whole branding is used. You don't work there, my man. Yeah. You don't work there. <laughs> uh, bad tweets. This one comes from uh, WWE Gorilla Position. WWE just generated Survivor Series records with viewership and engagement. AEW's counter programming numbers are thus. Rampage, 233,000, down 44% from 2022. Collision, 294,000, down 50% from 2022. Um, this is a bad tweet because Collision did not exist in 2022, so how could it possibly be down 50% from the year before? Mm-hmm. That guy's an idiot. And also, last week, SmackDown lost to Dynamite, head-to-head, when we were on cable. Yeah. So, oh, not head-to-head, this one, like, yeah. Yeah. 
that was that was it that was it for bad tweets actually i didn't have any more than that oh, i thought i had, I thought, you had I thought i thought i had way more yeah i thought i had way yeah. more but uh the oh. uh, the alfred one is probably my all-time favorite bad tweet I, kinda, I probably could have just ended the show on that one so real quick we i saw one uh let's let's close with this man skip says one bill fills in wwe not happen now what happens to AEW if wwe give AEW, oh geez, w, if WBD give WWE a new TV deal for Raw, I, I hate. Yeah, three letters. I think I'm so, I'm so over yeah, these three letter I, things. I know. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. I did have that on my list because uh, we, you and I specifically, were anticipating the announcement already that there was a TV oh, yeah. deal, but the TV I deal did wrong. not happen. Right. <laughs> so it's okay. So I kind of skipped over that. No, but I think that's interesting. So um, rumors are, and the rumors have been out there that WBD is interested. Now, now, Wrestle World, you know, stated, but uh, you know, sometimes Wrestle World can be hit or miss. Like he also said that Ronda Rousey and Athena were going to be wrestling a final battle, but that was never the case. Nope. So, um, so could could WBD land Raw? Um, I, I guess anything's possible. They they seem to be in cut mode, right? The whole company, but then they but then they do other things like they're 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 shit canning movies to save taxes, but then they're also negotiating new NBA TV rights deal and all that stuff. So could, could they get raw? Yeah. And if they did get raw, would they keep AEW? I don't think that they would, because I don't think that they would need all that wrestling programming on their, on their Warner networks. I think that they would probably just let the contract run out, but TKO right now is of the opinion that they don't need to, to squash their competitors the way the WWE does because PFL just re-signed a big deal. Well, big, I don't know how big the money is, but for PFL, PFL, PFL is the number one competitor to the UFC. So much so that the that the TKO tank, the stock tanked a little bit when PFL got some more money from Saudi Arabia and they actually signed the heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. Um, so that actually hurt TKO stock a little bit. Um, but they still did not block ESPN from signing PFL. So I don't think it would come from TKO to block it. I just think that WBD wouldn't want to have like two different companies and all the different stuff. You know, why would you need four wrestling shows in prime time? Here's my question: Is if that happens, W? I think it. I think it would be in terrible interest of WB. I think it would be in terrible interest of WWE for TKO to uh, to push a cancellation for the AW programming because Court Bauer is ready to take WWE to court mm-hmm. over legitimacy, and um, I think it's a bad look for WWE if you got your your next highest competitor kicked off of their network when you're trying to show that you're not a monopoly when you have your programming on now it's on all these different networks and you're going to get and you're going to get the i know we like to dunk on tony khan let us not forget that tony khan is a billionaire and justice in this country is bought so now yeah. you want to give court power a billionaire <laughs> to help fund his lawsuit that'd be a great idea if you're wwe yeah. Hulk Hogan knows exactly how great a billionaire can be on your side when you're taking on a big conglomerate uh, mm-hmm. like he did with Gawker. It's because it was funded by Peter a billionaire. The, the, Peter uh, yeah, Peter Thiel that also hated Gawker, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, I think the superpowers would unite. So I, but... Um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> court, court and Tony Khan. Yeah, so... I, I I just don't I just don't see WBD going for WWE. I have been saying it for I've been saying it forever since the the rights are coming up that I thought they would go to FX and work out a deal with Disney. Um, but think, you know then we heard that FX was for sale at one point, but that was never really official. It was more of a rumor, I think. So yeah, um, of, I, I yeah. I still think Amazon's going to wind up being a home for Raw. I got a hunch. Yeah. Because I I, I could see it too. They're they're looking. What is TKO's 
business mode right now? What are they into? What is like what and what is like been a, what are the wrestling people have been bitching about? Is that they go for what's the highest dollar value? Yeah. Right? Because NXT is probably gonna lose viewers when they move. Maybe not. They've 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 slipped quite a bit over since making this deal, but they're probably <laughs> yeah. gonna lose viewers when moving over to the CW, even though it's broadcast. So if if Bezos backs up a Brinks and says we want raw, Nick Khan's gonna say, Yeah, right. And no one has more money than Amazon. I think I, if Amazon is a player, I think Amazon, I truly, this is just JD picking here, right? And I'm wrong a lot. I think, I think, I think raw goes to Amazon. I, I, I could totally see that. I, look, I was watching Amazon tonight for NFL. Yeah. Um, so, and it worked perfectly <laughs> it, and it always does. So I, I, and millions and millions and millions of people have access to Amazon. I just don't think that a lot of people know that they can watch it, but now that, NFL is there people are more aware that they have live sports right mm-hmm. and so the synergy between the two brands could really be helpful to where you know you're, you're gonna lose you're gonna lose some ratings right you're gonna lose some viewership moving from USA to Amazon if that were the case you make up for it in dollar amount and then plus you're still on Peacock and you're still in USA for Smackdown um, I, I don't think that they that the stock goes down at all I think that they'll go to the highest bidder and I think that uh, they would probably do fine on Amazon no, it'll go. Here's what's gonna happen. They're gonna go to the highest bidder, and the stock will still go down because that's just what's happening with TKO stock right now. And then, especially the talk of Endeavor pulling themselves out of being private to begin with, right? And yeah, we don't, that- we don't know how that's going to affect TKO. So, I have personal like, if I got a hunch, this might go. I'm not a stock guy, by the way, but this reading tea leaves and some people that are smarter than me, it seems like if Endeavor goes private, that could affect TKO stock too. Yeah, yeah, uh, and maybe they take all of TKO private. Maybe that, maybe awesome. that's the move, and then they get just more awesome. investment from Saudi Arabia, right? Like I, I, I could, awesome. I could completely see that. You know, um, stop, uh, stop with all the stockholders, stop with all the lawsuits, right? Mm-hmm. They just got sued again because they felt like uh, they didn't get a good enough deal, so some, uh, some pension fund just sued them again. So, um, because they felt like that the, the. I don't know. They got the wrong deal. I, I don't quite understand that market either. No, they got because there was no cash. It was, and we people. Yeah. I, I argue this all the time. People say, "Well, WWE got a lot of money for that." I'm like, no, they didn't. Not a single yeah. dollar changed hands. It was a merger. <laughs> no actual liquid money transferred. There was nothing, and that's what he. And that's what this pension fund is mad about. He goes, "What? That was bad. That was in our worst interest. We had a buyer, Saudi Arabia, that was willing to yeah. spend a lot of money, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, yeah. and it didn't happen." Yeah. Um, hey, before we go, um, we got, we got some folks in the chat. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Transferring lawsuit, lawsuit is a cash grab. Anything. Brother, what happened the last time a pension fund sued the WWE? They got that money. They got the money. It means they a got lot the money. Hey, but this guy is a holdover from our fight game media days, transferring heat. Mike, you'll owe me that bet from AEW $1 billion deal. He was commenting on the YouTube video. Hey man, we're still not there yet. All right. We're still not there yet. But <laughs> I don't even remember what the bet is, but I do remember me and you talking shit to each other. <laughs> so so in, in, in a fun way, in a fun way, like nice guy. Um, but yeah, so it's still, it's still possible. Damn it. But I'm not as confident as I was back when we first talked about it. Something happened with that. Um, yeah. And now that Something they, now they don't got one bill. Now they ain't got one bill filled, but you know what? The n- numbers last few weeks, uh, the weekend numbers are not good at all, but dynamite's still pretty strong. It's actually been upticking. Like everything's like honest to God. I think that uh, the Bogos are helping with the attendance, right? When you don't have a hot product, you got to sell some tickets. But um, this week was good. Stuff's starting to turn around. If you look at the Dynamite ratings, 
they're flat now. Yeah. The bleeding has stopped. So in theory, you've, you're writing your course, correcting, writing things. Apparently, apparently I was wrong on this. I thought that the, the late buys for full gear would not be good. Dave this morning said they're really good. He was surprised how good the late buys were. So yeah, pay-per-view. I mean, like, I know we want to sit there and say AEW in the mud. They're done. Ugh. I hate internet lingo so much, um, <laughs> but they ain't going anywhere. So no, no, no. I, I, I think they'll be fine. I don't think that, that WWE goes to WBD. And I think that uh, AEW will get a new TV deal, whether or not that's a billion dollars. Like we thought oh, that one might be a, might be a little bit of a reach, uh, especially now that they lost their top, their biggest star, but they're trying to make maximum their biggest star. I don't know. It's not working for me, but maybe, maybe it ends up working in the long run. Maybe it does. I, I, I don't know. Could be swerve. Dude, that's my guy. It's an Austin thing, I, man. Dave, yeah. someone, Joe Lanza today on the TV was like, "This guy broke it." He this said these words: "This guy broke into someone's house. How can he be a, a baby face?" And all I could think was, "Dude, Steve Austin did the same thing, and people were loving him." Yeah, yeah, he broke into Brian Pillman's house, busted his window, yeah. opened the door, and then Brian, of course, Pillman almost shot him. Uh, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at least, yeah, that, the that was, was the We never found out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and dude, and Pillman was in a wheelchair, and he was it had his wife behind him, and Austin was still trying to get him right. Like Austin, in like if you look at it in like in a movie, if that were in a movie, Austin's a super villain, the baddest dude of. He's also the <laughs> baddest dude of all time. This dude's yeah. strapped, and he's coming into his house. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't can't believe Steve Austin became a baby face after all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought about that too, and I was like, "Look, man, look." Page was stapling Swerve, and Swerve was like, "Staple me again." Like, yeah, I can't, how can I not cheer for him? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, this dude. And his manager does a cool dance. He's a cool rapper. He's, you know, he, he, he looks like a like a awesome movie character. You know what I mean? Like from like from like a hip hop movie. Like, dude, he is tremendous. He's got everything. It, it's way cooler that he's he's ditched kind of because he was kind of going for this like comic book villain thing. Right, yeah, with his fake ass laugh, and he seems to have ditched that, and is now just trying to be cool. And when wrestlers are being cool, they just get over. It never fails. Yeah. Like when someone's actually cool, people are like, "Oh, I like that guy. He's cool." Mm -hmm. So yeah, but yeah. Um, hey guys, uh, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. So head over to Patreon.com/slash The Mike and JD Show. We're gonna have a ton of content for you. I'll definitely have a brace for impact coming out this weekend. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, and then I'll try to get back to more of my news stuff. I've been uh, been swamped at work, so I have not been able to get it. So check this out. A quick story before we go. Um, got my office, got a new desk, got a new like side table, got my new computer monitor set up. The the our logistics guys helped me out and our systems IT folks hooked me all up, got me all set up. And I was like, finally, I got my private office. And then somebody got displaced and they needed a place to work. So uh, I have somebody in my office. I had somebody in my office for a small period of time this week, kind of preventing me from being able to do my new stuff. So, so that was like, Oh my gosh. So, uh, but hopefully that that's over with now. So hopefully I get, I can get back to it here pretty soon. So hate when um, work gets in the way of the hobbies. I know, man, you know, cause like, you know, my, my work, you know, there's been nights where I didn't get home to like eight, nine o'clock. So like, if I do some cool stuff during the day, it's fine. I'm kind of on call 24 seven now. So no, no big, no big deal, but Hey guys, patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Make sure you like this uh, show. Make sure you like our channel, be a subscriber, share it with your friends, and then you can download it on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or, you know, YouTube music, you can download the show at. So like, uh, um, 
Rich actually set up on YouTube Music. So anytime he posts our audio to YouTube, he sets it up as a podcast. So if you have YouTube Music like I do now, I just transferred over. I switched from Spotify to YouTube Music. It'll come up in your feed. And then also the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel, our, our network, every time I post a full show, I make sure that it's tagged as a podcast and it'll come right to your YouTube music feed. So I we have a bunch of podcasts on there now, full episodes, full episodes that I've unlocked from our Patreon. So go ahead and make sure that you're a subscriber there. Give us the big thumbs up and share it with your friends. I do appreciate you. Um, but until next time, JD, do I say the line or not? Say the line. Say the line. Until next time, mahalo. Uh, uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, amen, no way, from the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game, competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, amen, no way, from the track when we Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.